Yes, it's great to be with you again, and welcome to our franchise radio show, three to 33 franchises in three years, learn how one franchise or rocket propelled his group. There's lessons here for anyone in franchising. Um, it's another remarkable and untold franchise story, and the guest that I have with me today is Jonathan Payne. Jonathan is in the mobile sector, but the lessons he'll be sharing apply to any franchise group, so pin your ears back. Uh, grab your pad and pen and listen to Jonathan Payne from Franchise Express Mobile Cafe. Um, Jonathan's got a long and varied history across a whole range of disciplines. He's been involved in finance, business broking, communications, training and hospitality. So some of those roles included starting and selling uh, small businesses and uh, probably the most challenging role he's had is the one he currently has. He's CEO, General Manager of Express O Mobile Cafe. Jonathan, um, with his business partner, led the charge in the, I think, the mobile space of Australia's, what I'd call, booming espresso mobile coffee industry. They set out to be the benchmark, and we're going to hear from Jonathan today how they've done that. And after achieving that goal, their next chapter is working hard on developing their market position so we'll find out a bit more about some of those aspects uh, from Jonathan. Jonathan, great to have you with us. Good day to you. Yep. Um, we're uh, well. Just uh, we've just literally signed our thirty-third uh, uh, franchisee, and uh, that one was actually a local one here in Brisbane. Um, that said, a lot of our growth has been in Western Sydney, uh, and, um, and and actually in Western Australia as well. So um, we have a national presence. Uh, and um, yeah, certainly making some headway in uh, in Western Australia. So it's a long way from our head office, which um, obviously uh, you know, there's some challenges in terms of support there. But so far, we've um, we've met those with people on the ground that we have in Perth. So that's good. That's that's fantastic. I, I'm familiar with that that journey because having lived in Perth for 20 years and spent five years commuting backwards and forwards over to the eastern states, um, that Certainly something can be quite tiring and you need to have your head around it. So that's, that's really interesting. You're based in Brisbane and your major growth being Western Sydney, Western Australia. That's quite an achievement. So what I'd like to know is a bit more about the story. Can you share that with me, Jonathan, your, your history with uh, Express Mobile? Sure. Look, um, the, my business partner is the actual founder uh, of the business um, in the early noughties. And essentially, I came along uh, oh, three, three, just over three and a half years ago. And um, what we decided to do was relaunch the brand with uh, brand new, you know, a specific type of van. In our case, the Mercedes Benz uh, van. And um, and what we wanted to do was really, I guess, be the best, be the best of the best. You know, really reset that benchmark in a in a growing industry. So, you know, we uh, redid the logo. Uh, we uh, partnered with uh, a leading specialty coffee roaster, a national roaster. Uh, we used Debella Coffee, and I guess leveraging their brand uh, as well as our own, uh, that's really enabled us to, to get that um, national footprint rather than just being you know, a local player here in Brisbane. Um, yeah, so basically, I actually started off um, with my own van as well to you know, learn the ropes, um, and I really think that was. The, and I'm so glad I did that. To be honest, it's. Um, you know, really enabled me to have um, you know those 
uh, real and uh, transparent conversations with people looking to come into the business uh, because I've been there and I've done it. Uh, so I find that quite, um, you know, quite powerful. So yeah, and um, oh look, it's been a, a ride uh, ever since ever since that uh, first couple of months. Yeah, uh, tough. Uh, let's just say I didn't have grey hair before franchising, right? Yeah. <laughs> there we are. I hope it's the fun and the exhilaration of the ride that's caused your hair to go a bit grey. Not that I've noticed it. <laughs> It could be. So, your background's interesting. Um, you know, as I mentioned earlier, you had a range of experiences. Those that particularly you used for your benefit with your time with Expresso? Yeah, I'd probably draw on most of it actually. There's, um, look, there's a, a huge communication part of the, the business in terms of, um, you know, the, the sales process. Um, and obviously talking to, um, you know, bringing new people into the business in terms of, you know, people infrastructure, that is trainers, operations and, and support teams. Um, and, um, and then of course, uh, the finance aspect of it, that's a huge part of it. I mean, people can't get into the business, um, without obtaining finance. So being able to understand how that works, you know, here in Australia, uh, and obviously, um, you know, I can't give advice, of course, but, um, you know, I guess just, Helping people understand how to access finance and, you know, how equity in their property works and all that sort of thing. The simple stuff, you know, that can really give people, um, a good head start into what direction they need to go in to, to get finance. So that was really helpful. Um, and, and look, end of the day, Brian, we're in a people business. It's all about people. So, you know, the first 10 years of, of my, uh, working life was, um, in, in hospitality management and, Look, it's an industry that's all about people. So I guess bringing all those skills together has um, certainly helped us bring a business to where it is, I think. Yeah. Right. Now, I see you, when I see you at franchise expos and the like, you're pretty relaxed. You usually have one of your franchisees there helping you talk to prospective franchisees. You mentioned there, you know, the key, one of the key elements in growing a business in your team, but do you actually, um, your support and training, do you do that in-house? Who actually does that? Uh, we the recruitment, Brian. Was that uh, okay? Yeah, start with recruitment. Yeah, yeah, certainly. Well, we do we do all of it in house. I guess um, oh, I don't want to use the term micromanager, but um, look, you know, in those in those early years of any business, um, you know, to save on costs, you are better off to um, to do a lot of things in house, and 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 certainly, um, whilst there are things that we certainly outsource. Um, the recruitment of people, of course, we, we certainly do that um, uh, in-house training of new franchisees. Uh, we we actually fly them from the capital city uh, to our training centre here in Brisbane, uh, which we leverage with with Debella Coffee, and uh, they have a full uh, immersion, I guess, into everything coffee, uh, and then some specific experience with the mobile van because it is a, obviously a very different. Um, environment than, than what it is working inside a, a normal fixed location cafe. So yeah, we do a lot of things. Um, predominantly, it's all in-house. That's right. Yeah, and, and obviously, we're, like, you know, we can control that experience a lot better as well because um, you know there's a very some, some key messages that we want to get to new franchisees to make sure they're successful. And uh, yeah, the more you uh, divvy out um, or outsource those things, then you, you know you can. It is possible to lose control, so there you go. I'm a control freak. Yeah. I've always considered the recruitment to almost be a full-time role because you've got to be focused. When the 
phone rings and you get somebody inquiring interested in your franchises, then you need to focus. It's very difficult if you in other things. So do, do you actually handle that side yourself? Do you have a team working with you? Uh, Brian, I handle all the uh, sales myself. Um, I know the, the business uh, inside out, and for the moment, at this point in our, um, you know, in, in this uh, point of our growth, um, I think um, I'm probably the best person to, to do the sales component. Uh, that said, you know, there is a, a plan in place um, for that to be uh, managed by uh, another team member, but um, for the moment, uh, I'm, I'm happy to handle it. I enjoy it, um, and it's yeah, it's probably um, uh, the, the. I mean, yeah. Look, I enjoy it. it it's a lot of fun. Um, you know, we talked about transparency before, and I think people really, uh, I guess, enjoy that transparency. You know, I'll give people the you know the good, the bad, and the ugly of the business, and uh, you know that's what they that's what they deserve. They, they need to know everything, and not just um, you know a little snippet. Of what it's all about. So, you know, to make an informed decision, it's all based on, you know, their own due diligence and everything that I can give them as well. So, yeah. That's fascinating. Now, you've literally been doing one, one recruiting one franchise a month. I mean, that's extraordinary. Um, so, you must talk to a lot of people um, in order to eliminate that. Do you have an idea of what your ratio is of inquiries to conversions? Uh, yeah, look, it would be somewhere between one in, uh, so between 30 and 40 inquirers, um, we would, um, we'd be converting. So, um, and we get a lot of quality inquiry. I mean, these days, I think a lot of inquirers, by the time they inquire, uh, they've already got themselves a fair bit of information. They understand a fair bit about who we are and what we do. Um, so, you know, from there, it's, um, it's just about, um, yeah, not uh, providing them the information they need to, to make the the required decision, and, and then obviously you know getting finance it can take time, and so yeah, some people might come on within three months, and then for others historically it could be over twelve months. Yeah. Um, so there's yeah, they're all certainly all different, but um, yeah, the we get leads from a, a range of different uh, platforms, uh, including Expos, um, but um, yeah, somewhere between thirty and, and forty leads I would have thought. So yeah. So that's, that's a lot of conversation. So you say that these people are all fairly well quantified and know a fair bit by the time they talk to you. What's the flow you have? What's your channel, your conduit, your process you have um, before somebody actually gets to have a chat to you? Uh, sorry, Brian, I missed that a bit. Was, was it about um, the process by which people come on board? That, that's right, yeah, from their first inquiry. You mentioned that they all... Uh, you know, have reached a stage where they've got a good understanding of the business, they've already done a fair bit of research. How have they managed to do that before they've spoken to you? What's, what tools do you have in place for them? Sure. Look, we use a number of internet platforms which enable them to actually download an information pack. Um, so there's a couple of uh, lead, leading players in the market that help us with that. Uh, our website as well, uh, there's a huge amount of information on there which is easy to navigate and easy to um, you know, to find the, re- the required information. Um, when a lead arrives um, on my desk, I'd, I'll, I always, where possible, try to uh, speak with the person before they receive any further information from myself. I just like to humanise it, really, and let them know that you know we're, there's actually people behind our business as well. <laughs> so we, um, yeah, we always like to have a short conversation 
Uh, and, and from that conversation, you get a much better feel about obviously who these, um, uh, who the person, where they're coming from, what they want, what they're looking to achieve, and and frankly, whether we're going to be, um, you know, part of the solution for them, because it's, you know, it doesn't, we may not be in, in some cases. So, you know, we're, we are a little careful uh, about who we bring into the business, um, and um, yeah, so we're, you know, we are quite selective. Um, because at the end of the day, we want happy franchisees, and there's, um, you know, as you know, franchising, it's a handshake agreement, and, uh, you know, there's, um, there's things that we, we need to do and things that the franchisee must do. So it's, uh, really important that we bring in the right people into the business. So, right. yeah, but, um, look, starts with a phone call, mate, at the end of the day, and, uh, then we like to, um, provide more information, uh, meet with the people face to face, um, and then we really like to send them out with an optional operator. Uh, usually in their capital city, or we can fly them to Brisbane sometimes, um, and then give them a, you know, get a Queensland hospitality, show them, uh, give them an opportunity to spend some time with an operator, uh, and go from there. So, yeah, it's just good to meet people. I love to get in front of people. That's what I, yeah, that's what I do. Yeah, and you'd obviously do it well. Um, I understand you, you had no experience of franchising three and a half years ago. What was, uh, what motivated you to actually get involved in franchising? Oh, I guess I just um, really saw the potential. Really, um, I, I really liked the whole, and I still love the the concept of what we do and how we do it better, uh, and and the fact that we give, you know, there's a tremendous amount of flexibility in our system as opposed to some of the competitors, and that's what I really love. So what we give is the opportunity for somebody to, you know, put their own spin on the business. It's not like. Uh, you know, it's it's not a, a 100% you're going to do exactly this, this and this. It's like you can, it's a framework we provide. Um, and uh, and if you stick within the framework, you'll, you'll certainly be successful. But you can also, you know, we have that ability for people to put their own um, spin on the business, which um, which I really like from the, from the start. And the fact that we use a range of different technology, which, um, you know, is more fitting of the decade that we're in. And, um, yeah, just uh, a great coffee. Uh, and um, a good, good-looking van. You know, some would say a, a sexy-looking van. It's a head-turning van. It's uh, you know something you you, you want to drive and be a part of, um, and, and that's exciting. So I always like to you know be at the, the forefront of whatever um, I'm involved in, and, and, and certainly we um, you know we're, we're leading the charge. It's good, good fun. I, I must say that the van is impressive, and your operation and expo not being patronising, but you obviously run a good, relaxed, efficient show. So that, that's, that's quite apparent to everybody. So um, mm. from that point of view, you must have learned an awful lot about franchising. You came into a few perceptions. How did you, how did you sort of um, introduce yourself to it? How did you, uh, you know, getting your feet wet and learning what you now? You must have learned an awful lot about franchising in that three years. Could you share a little bit of that with me? Okay, mate. Look, the the expo in itself is um, a tremendous learning environment for anyone, you know, franchisee or franchisor. Um, and certainly, you know, um, even talking to yourself, to be honest, Brian, and a whole range of other specialists in their field, you, you can you can learn a lot. Um, but I guess probably the overall uh, overarching um, uh, thing that I picked up is just by listening to people, and and it's all about people and 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 solving uh, people's um, or problems, for lack of better words. It's about you know, people getting into franchising or any business, you know, they're putting their arm up to say, hey, I'm not happy where I am um, and, um, you know, I want, I want better for myself and my family and, uh, 
you know, hopefully we can um, we can be a part of that solution. But yeah, in terms of my own journey, it was um, in terms of learning. Yeah, the lots of reading, uh, listening. I've got um, yeah, I've got a good mentor as well, um, and I think everyone can use a mentor in any space that they're in, um, and, and just leveraging that knowledge, uh, that experience, and and uh, yeah, putting your own I guess putting your own skin on it. Yeah, your own your own thoughts and experiences um, with what you pick up. So yeah. But what's in one that thing? Makes that sense. <laughs> look, I, I love flexibility, but it's it's very difficult to have a framework to maintain with thirty people. Where you where do you set the parameters of this flexibility? I'm really interested in that because it's something people when they're introduced to franchising are very conscious of, and I see a lot of people become franchisors and they lose control because they don't they I suppose they, they lose they lose a little bit of the plot of the, the template people need to once you spread the boundaries too wide you control and you lose accountability. How how do you manage that with thirty different people? Um, we have a number so we have a um, I guess a number of registers that we have at HQ that uh, help us manage the relationship with each and every franchisee. Uh, look, every single franchisee is different, different personalities, different motives and uh, and the like. So, um, yeah, for sure, we like to try and keep our finger on the pulse as best we can. Um, so, we, you know, we, we're... Look, in the, the day, we're here to support each and every franchisee. That's the whole... That's our reason for being, you know. Um, so we... Um, so we're... We we spend a lot of time on the on the phone because obviously we've got uh, franchisees all over the place. Now fortunately we um, with our license arrangement with Debella Coffee we've got access to account managers all over the country as well. So there's strong relationships there as well um, to help uh, you know maintain you know, certain parameters in the van, whether it be cleanliness or, or quality of coffee or um, or different food items being sold. So the there's certainly some um, control that we place over all of that, and we do that both you know, using our, our own uh, operations and training team, or um, or Debella Coffee's um, people that are on the ground in every state as well. So I guess there's probably yeah a bit of a trifecta there, but um, we certainly make sure that we're um, in regular contact with uh, with everyone in the team for sure. That's tremendous stuff. I just love hearing all this information, the way you've developed your own refinement as far as and also working so closely with your major supplier. Obviously a key element of the business. Are they actually shareholders in a business? Do you mind me asking that question? You can say time to answer. No, they're not. No, no it's not, they're not a shareholder. Okay, fine. So if they were to pull the pin on you for some reason, how would that impact your business, Jonathan? It's probably more about how it would impact their business um, in some ways, but um, in our business, man, I get a phone call uh, every three to four weeks from other major players in the Australian industry, coffee industry. So it's um, look, we're we're at the end of the day, we're purveyors of specialty coffee, um, and we, uh, you know, we're we're and we're using Dubella coffee. Um, you know, what we'll be using in twenty years, fifty years, who knows? But uh, right now, that's um, yeah, that's what we're using. It's fantastic coffee. We get great support. They're um, you know, specialists in their field, um, and you know, for us to be the best, we've got to work with the best. And um, yeah, that's that's the trajectory we're on, and happy to be on. So, 
No, actually, that, that's, that, no, I understand that totally. And I, I sort of overlooked it as my, my introduction to franchising retail betting group called Bedshed in its early days. And in fact, the, the franchisor, his exit strategy was to build such a relationship with their mattress supplier, and they chose to go with one, that the mattress had to buy them out in order to retain their business. So uh, there could be some good leverage there. But uh, I suppose, um, are there any particular landmark points on the journey you've had in growing from three? There must be a lot of things that have happened. What are the key elements? Uh, key elements is, um, is, is cash flow, to be honest, Brian. The, um, one of my probably biggest learnings, and, and, and look, this is something that I, I suspect many, many people have, um, have, uh, have learned from as well, is it is very easy to spend money. Um, particularly in marketing. So we, you know, as you can imagine, we get a lot of uh, phone calls and um, inquiries from all different types of uh, marketers and um, both, you know, online and, and PR companies and all, all kinds. Um, and look, it's it's just very easy to, to spend money and, and a lot harder to make it. Um, so yeah, I'm not telling you anything no one doesn't know already, but um, sometimes you can forget, you know, and you can sometimes get a little carried away. And uh, so look, there's that's it's certainly a big lesson for for me personally, and as a as a company with um, a franchisor, we've just got to be very careful uh, how we spend our marketing budget, and uh, you know, and get maximum bang for buck and uh, return on, on investment and so forth. So that's been a, big, a huge learning for us, and and obviously as we uh, as we grow, you know, proportionately we, we're spending more on marketing, particularly in the internet space and and, and search engine optimization, that sort of thing, which. You know, it comes at a comes at a price these days. It's um it's a whole other beast, um and certainly not something that you can really attempt in house if it if it's to be done properly. So that comes at a cost, and uh, and and yeah. So really be careful how we how you spend your money, basically. Okay. Now, you, you, with regards to marketing, your franchisees no doubt contribute to a marketing fund or some form of payment to you. Um, how do you how do you address that? Is it a marketing fund fee or a percentage? Uh, handle that in your business. Sure. With us, uh, we're probably a little different. We have a fixed uh, administration fee. Now, we're uh, pretty generous with it. We step it over the first six months. So it doesn't fully kick in until six months into into their new business, which gives them lots and lots of time to you know, um, get fully established and uh, and get the business um, you know, to a, a mature level. Um, where a fee is, is, you know, not going to be an issue. Um, the, uh, our fixed fee is 159 a week. So it's not a percentage or, or, or turnover or anything like that. It's a fixed fee. So if you have a great week, um, or not so great week, you know, it is what it is. Um, now the, we don't have a, we don't strictly have a marketing fund because as you can imagine, you know, a franchisee in Noosa is going to have, um, you know, or Townsville or whatever is going to have a different, uh, completely different um, demographic of uh, customers and different you know, geography and layout of the area, as opposed to somebody in uh, in Western Sydney, you know, in um, you know, Wetherill Park or something like that. So it's uh, it, it, so we don't, and that's the reason we don't have that. Because that way, it's completely fair. Um, what we do do is spend uh, a tremendous amount on internet and, and so forth, where we can generate events uh, based on geography. So and they're you know, rotated around. Uh, franchisees, particularly in Western Sydney, where we've got a number of franchisees there, so everyone gets a fair 
a fair crack at the, uh, you know, fair shake of the sorts model. So we, we all, everyone gets an equal amount of events, you know, based on their area. Um, and, um, and that's, a lot of that is generated through their, uh, administration funds and so forth. So, yeah, fees are. Okay, yeah, it sounds a bit of an innovative sort of uh, approach there. So, um, the other aspect when I look at coffee, uh, there's a lot of growth in the coffee market, in, you know, in the bricks and mortar models, mobiles. Um, how do you manage from a competitive point of view? It's a quite a cut price of coffee. Um, how, how do you manage to retain your brand integrity and your price? price? Sure, yes. Yeah, look, we certainly don't cut price our coffee. That said, we certainly don't gouge uh, our customers either. We're, we're trying to build uh, habits and relationships with our customers. Um, and um, we, uh, so what we do is actually, when we build a business, for example, we give out a lot of sample coffee, so free coffee. Uh, and what we do is we're just looking for feedback. So it's a very soft sell approach. And uh, what we find is that we, you know, we build those relationships with customers um, and uh, and they talk to us as to when might be the best time to stop on a, at a regular time each day. So Monday to Friday, franchisees have a set huge territory um, area that uh, they service as, uh, as the set customers um, that we find them. And, and of course, the, the run will evolve and they'll find new customers as well. Um, that's Monday to Friday. Uh, and then franchisees can go anywhere in their home state on the weekends for any types of events and so forth. But yeah, the, um, the, uh, the, it's about not overcharging. So we, we want people to buy coffee from us every day, you know, not, not a couple of times a week. Um, the competitors wise, I've always foreseen our competitor not just to be, you know, some other independent vans or other, uh, franchise system vans out there. It's actually more a coffee machine, Brian, inside someone's office. Uh, that can be our biggest, uh, competitor. So, you know, your Nespresso machine or whatever it might be. Um, now we have a number of products to, to combat that. So, uh, Dabella Coffee have products, for, for instance, that can, um, uh, like the pods and um, uh, capsules, that sort of thing, that we can give to to customers to use in their own machine. And so we can still make a margin. Uh, you know, franchises can make a margin off of those products as well. Uh, and then what we would do then is focus on the food side of the business. So yes, predominantly we're coffee, but we also do stock a range of foods. Uh, because, you know, everyone has a lunch every day. And um, so ultimately, you know, we don't just want to be somebody's morning coffee solution. We want to be their lunch solution as well. So, you know, to get that spend up, isn't it? You don't want people spending just $4.50 every day. We'd rather them spend somewhere between 8 and $12 a day. So. Right, okay. So that leads me to a point um, where obviously, you know, buying packets of desserts and cakes and things like that is comparatively easy and stuff with a lot of shelf life. You manage whatever you serve. What do you actually offer for lunch times? Sure. We, um, in, obviously, Australia is a big place, and we've got a number of wholesalers um, on our supplier list, which um, offered varied foods across the country. Uh, but some great ones, for example, in Western Sydney, where we do some really awesome, um, you know, it's a family business that do uh, um, pasta salads or just pasta as well. Um, and what we do is we sell those cold. And then people heat them up in the office microwave at the point at which they want to eat it. So if we don't do any heated food, Brian, for health and safety reasons, we don't do heated food. All of our foods are independently wrapped, uh, sorry, individually wrapped rather. Um, and um, yeah, so we do those, the pasta sell really well. And then of course in summer we've got some great um, suppliers that do some really awesome 
um, salads, some salad products. Uh, and then, of course, you've got your traditional muffins and cookies and that sort of thing. But the reality is people are not going to eat a muffin every single day. You know, it's just not realistic. So we, we try and offer a range of foods, and that might be rotates as well uh, every couple of months. Oh. Um, so, yeah, our, our, our most successful franchisees that are you know, doing in excess of $750, $800 a day uh, in turnover, um, a good, a, a good, probably about forty percent actually of their um, of that income is food driven. So, um, you know, it's a big market for sure. Did you have food on board when you first started? Was that part of your original concept? No, it wasn't. No, that's a sneaky question. That one. No, um, we didn't. <laughs> we um, we didn't dabble in food originally. But what we've what we're trying to do is get a return on investment from every area of the van. So at the rear of the van, that's where all the you know, theatrics happen with the great coffee and frappes and that sort of thing. Uh, but what we've recognised is that um, you know, we, our job as a franchisor is to make sure our franchisees are earning as much as they can. You know, that's that's my reason for getting out of bed. And basically, um, you know, the, the we've got a whole range of technology in terms of onboard freezers and fridges that we now have with every new van, which enables franchisees to sell a, a range of different foods. So. So did we initially start off doing that? Um, no, we didn't. We actually had an entirely different uh, um, use for that area of the van, which um, uh, didn't initially didn't uh, really give us that return um, on um, on that investment of the equipment and, and on that space um, as what we would have liked. So we we made some changes there. Yeah, that's that's fascinating. That is a huge element of really a, a transition, isn't it? And. Uh, Learning curve, finding out what freezers and fridges were the best and the types of food to handle. I'm obviously kept it nice and clean and easy. I don't hear sandwiches being mentioned and meat pies and things. Well, we do actually do sandwiches. So we do some really nice gourmet rolls and wraps and sandwiches. Uh, but no, we're not. We don't do you know chico rolls and uh, we're not. We're not a pie van as such. Um, but we we do stick to the more healthier options. And uh, and look, there are some really good margins in these uh, foods as well that we can get in, in most capital cities. Yeah, so um, there's some really exciting foods, actually, yeah. Okay, well, you, you literally stole my thunder with, with what you mentioned just there from my next question because it was going to be what makes you get out of bed in the morning? What is it that excites you about what you do? Oh, look, I, um, I, I, I love the idea of having, you know, as many franchisees earning... T- I'll tell you what, Brian, I've got some... Fantastic success stories of franchisees. You know, I'm talking about people that have left, um, you know, uh, accountants, you know, that have come into the business and, and, and dropped 20 kilos and, uh, and making 700 plus dollars a day and having the time of their life, you know, and wondering why they didn't do it 10 years earlier. Um, I've got, you know, we've got a range of success stories and, and that, quite honestly for me, is, is why I do it. it. It really is, um, I really enjoy that part, you know, that's, uh, makes me happy. There's, there's, there's to, you know, to um, to be a part of someone's transition into the next chapter of their life, you know. Um, so that's a big part of it, yeah, for sure. And I, look, frankly, I enjoy selling as well. Um, I've always like the the thrill of um, of selling. Um, and um, but ultimately, you know, the end goal is is happy franchisees, frankly. So yeah. Okay, well, we've got some tremendous stuff there. I've really enjoyed this. It's, uh, it's amazing when you get to talk to people, listeners, that what you discover about things they've done to achieve their business success and how often they're different uh, in concept and tweaking this involved and so on. 
and what they've learned on the way. And uh, um, so you've mentioned a lot about your franchise, obviously, you're a franchise or they're your bread and butter, the core of the business. So we all know the importance of the right franchise, and you, you sort of implied that. What What is it that you do particularly? I mean, you have to make some hard calls sometimes. What's your view? that as far as recruitment is concerned? Uh, the biggest thing, we, we can, we can, uh, we can only, t- I actually say we can only teach 49% of, um, of, uh, of somebody's, um, you know, what they need to do to be successful. The, the other, I reckon it's more than half, is, is strictly personality, you know. Um, people are people, they need, we're our people business, you've got to be friendly, um, and, I, and I really feel you've got to be Open to to learning, open to new ideas. Uh, listener, you know, do take, we've done this? We know what works and we know what doesn't, uh, and we're only going to show franchisees what works. Um, so, you know, for the for those first couple of months and ideally forever, but um, you know, let us take you, the franchisee, on a journey that's going to work. You know what I mean? Because we, as I say, we we know what's going to work, um, and um, you know, yes, they've got they've always got lots of great ideas and that sort of thing, but most of the time we've already thought of it, um, and we, um, yeah, we, we just uh, all we wanted for them to be successful, and um, we, we we and we make sure that uh, journey uh, gets them to the point at which they're um, yeah making good coin and going home happy to their families. So yeah. Now the uh, but yep, sorry, sorry, I interrupt you there. Um, no, I was just going to say, it comes down to a big part of it is personality, um, and just that, uh, yeah, that hunger for success. Um, you know, having a little bit of energy about you is good as well, uh, and of course a, a passion uh, for great coffee as well, because at the end of the day, you know, in Australia, our, our IQ, our knowledge of coffee is is, um, is just continuing to grow, um, and I always say, you know, you're only as a as a barista, whether you're in a mobile van or otherwise. You're only as good as your last copy. Um, so every single cup that leaves our vans has got to be spot on because um, you know, people just aren't going to give you that second chance. That comes down to that support and training again, doesn't it? So, yeah. And that's where obviously the hospitality background is helpful as far as learning that element is concerned. So um, tell me, what about painful experiences? I mean, how have you handled franchisees that haven't taken to it? I presume you have had your, your, your ones that are not really... Connected, have not been successful. Um, yeah, for sure. Look, we've um, it doesn't happen often, frankly, but absolutely, um, we've got one right now. Funnily enough, probably uh, the one of the first, to be honest, if not the first. So what we've done is we've arranged for our trainer to spend more time uh, with that franchisee on the road. Now, as you can imagine, that comes at a considerable cost to us. Um, but I can, um, but we're not passing on any of that cost at all to the to the franchise. We're out there. We're going to be out there with, um, you know, with this franchisee to help them um, rebuild their business. Um, with this particular franchisee, there has been uh, some considerable changes um, in in their uh, in the way they run the business. Who's running the business? The actual operator. So there's been some challenges there. So we've um, yeah, we've put some um, conditions in place to say, hey, we'll do this, this, and this. Um, if you do this, this, and this, and, and those things are things that should, really should have been done in the first place, anyway. So, um, but you know, happy to, we're always happy to spend more time uh, with a franchisee to um, you know, to get them where they want to be if that's what they want. 
you know, because everyone's got a, a different, um, I guess, a different lifestyle and, uh, you know, everyone has a different uh, income expectation as well. So, um, you know, we always try to, to meet people where they want to be and where they're, initially where they're at and then take them to where they want to be. Yeah. And look, that's, that's where I want to be now is uh, really having heard all of this, Jonathan. I, I must say, uh, I could, you could chat for ages. You're, a, you're an easy talker. It's great to interview you. I must say that. And it's an interesting business evolution. It just goes to show how, to my mind, you basic framework. You've really created your own it your way. Um, so you, as far as that's concerned, just before I wrap the uh, conversation, is there anything you'd like to add for our listeners that you think for a perspective for you? Um, I think, um, again, coming with uh, an open mind, um, <clears throat> I think one of the, uh, an open mind, but also, you know, there's a you know, really pester the franchisor of what, what support and training am I going to get? What measures are there in place to make sure that if, if I do what you ask me to do, you know, am I going to get that, um, you know, am I going to make some money out of this business, you know, because uh, I think uh, you know, we put a lot of time, effort and, and, and money into each and every launch uh, of a new franchisee to make sure, you know, they get... Um, they get what they want, you know, and get what they pay for, basically. Um, so, you know, there's a lot of effort that goes into that to make sure they know exactly what they're doing because what we do as a franchisor, or certainly what we do at Expresso, is manage people's fear. You know, there's a big fear factor. I'm coming from a, a nice, easy PAYG job. Money's in the bank every Friday. Happy days, you know. Um, but I'm not happy. I, I want to go. I want to work for myself. Um, well, yep. Excellent, but they, that comes with challenges, you know, and, and, and effort, um, and a fair amount of fear. So our job, my job, is to help is to help people, I guess, um, um, manage that fear and turn it into a positive. And, and by doing so, that's when you can really um, have a great time working for yourself and, and 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 wonder why the heck you didn't do it years earlier. So, yeah, that's um, that's really what it's about. Okay, excellent. Look, I'll, I'll wrap it up there because I thoroughly enjoyed it. There were so many gems. Uh, I'm certainly looking forward to reading through the transcription because I know there's lots of bits and pieces. So, Jonathan, really grateful for you spending your time today. I hope everyone's enjoyed this. I certainly have done. But I hope that Jonathan has helped you along your way in franchising, maybe by giving some ideas or, or maybe maybe seeing ways to do things a bit different and so forth. But um, I think he's certainly an excellent example for young franchise that's certainly going places. And when it comes to that, if you have a question that you'd like to put to Jonathan, he's a busy man, so please put them through to me and I'll see whether he can, uh, he's happy and able to answer them for, uh, for you. Yeah. Having said I'm happy to talk to anyone, Brian. That's fine. Yeah. That's, that's really kind, really kind of you. And, that's what I love about franchising without going on too much is the camaraderie and the willingness to share and learn from everybody else. So that's, that's fantastic. Jonathan, thanks very much. Absolutely. Um, great that you could join us. Um, if you'd just like to say cheerio. Yeah, thanks for listening everyone. No worries. And, and look, feel free to uh, jump on our website and, um, and contact me. I'm happy to have a chat to 
franchisee or franchisor, not a problem. Expresso with an X, expresso.com.au. Brilliant. Okay, that's magic, and that's the way to go, and you've no doubt got to contact me point or something like that, or a phone number on there, so, okay. All right, thank you, everybody. Hope you've enjoyed it. I'm looking forward to my next six franchise radio show and to the exciting day ahead for me in franchising. 